bit of everything all of the time. Apathy's a tragedy and boredom is a crime. Anything and everything all of the time. Good, I interest you. Coordinated strike. back to Coordinated Strike. As always, I'm your host, Joe. Very exciting show for you this evening. We are going to be talking about getting started in the world of the other side. Uh, for many of you uh, that have listened to the show for a long time, you may have already bought in or bought in a while ago or the stuff has sat uh, or you found that at a flea market or whatever. There's a brand new starter that's coming out. Uh, Gen Con is just around the corner, and Weird has its two-player starter uh, for the other side. That is also going to be the starter, two-player starter for uh, second edition, or third edition Malifaux, rather, not second edition. So it is a very exciting time to be uh, a follower of Weird Miniatures. And because of all of that excitement and a lot of confusion and things that I've seen in Weird's new Discord, shout out to that, uh, and the other side channel, I thought it was appropriate to sort of talk about how to begin in the other side again, uh, now that we're going to have a dedicated two-player starter. And I want to really talk about the Allegiance box sets, the value that's there uh, for you, the gameplay that's there. Uh, for you if you're a brand new gamer to uh, the other side, and I encourage you to pick these up. It is an absolutely phenomenal deal, and we'll get into all of the reasons why here in just a moment. But first, as always, a word from one of our fake sponsors. Get a powerful desktop PC without the desk. The Intel Pentium 4 Processor M, designed for notebooks. That's right, the height of microprocessing power uh, in the year 2002, uh, the Pentium 4 uh, has uh, decided to sponsor this show. So, very exciting. Uh, that commercial is uh, 19 years old now. So, for those that uh, keep track of such things, time, time just keeps on ticking ticking into the future. I think the, I think somebody said that. Well, anyway, uh, on a more serious note, let's talk about how the two-player starter set uh, sort of opens up into the grander world of the other side. And more specifically, let's talk about the Allegiance box sets, the original starter product for the other side, and still the best way to get into uh, the other side, in my humble opinion. A couple of reasons for this. Uh, some notes on the two-player starter set. The two-player starter set is very much... Um, has two uh, factions that are syndicates. Uh, and what syndicates are from a, from a grand standpoint within the game is they're very analogous to a micro-faction. Uh, for most... Of the for all of the other factions in the game currently, uh, the four that we have: King's Empire, uh, Empire of Abyssinia, the Gibbering Horde, and the Cult of the Burning Man. Each of those 
uh, has essentially three commanders that they can call forth and utilize. Uh, with the ability to field fully in that faction two commanders uh, within a game, which is sort of your standard general tournament size game. There are other sizes of the game. There is uh, a very popular one, uh, which is one commander plus ten. Um, that one's used a lot. That's sort of my uh, preferred mode of play, simply because it's a little quicker than two commander, but still gives you quite a robust experience. Uh, a little bit more robust than a single commander. Single commander is still incredibly good and functional, and that's really going to be the focus of a little bit later in this cast tonight. So, without further ado, let's talk about the syndicates. So, the two syndicates that we have currently for the other side are the Guild and the Court of Two. So, the first models that we had for these were actually part of the Kickstarter. Uh, they were Samantha Thrace and... Ben Young. And I know I am saying that uh, probably horrifically wrong, so I do apologize uh, for my uh, my lazy American tongue. So with these models, they kind of have a special ability, which is they can be brought in without the need for a commander that shares their allegiance. Uh, so they the syndicate basically allows you to bring in units as you would other allies, uh, but typically the ally rules require you to have a commander that also matches that syndicate, or also matches that faction, in order to bring them over. Like Horamatanji, uh, if you're being injuring hordes, uh, and you have Horamatanji as one of your commanders, you can envoy in Cult of the Burning Man, and pull resources from Cult of the Burning Man in, in the form of assets, as well as units from the Cult of the Burning Man. Um, the squads, specifically squads. Uh, uh, and that can come over and play in that army. So what syndicates kind of do is they take that rule uh, for envoying and turn a little bit on its head. You don't need a commander uh, in order to field these units in your force. You can just bring these uh, with the envoy. It does take your envoy slot in a, uh, in a list build. And for those that aren't familiar, uh, when you're building your list, you build by commanders. So it'll be either a one commander game or a two commander game. And there may be some additional script that is added. Uh, to your pool, typically in a one commander game is where you'll see that. So the syndicates uh, could typically be hired or initially be hired without the need for a commander. What the box, what the two player starter sets does is provide a single commander in the form of Sonia Crid and Kirai for the cult or for the, uh, for the Court of Two. So Sony Crit is for the Guild, and Kirai is for the Court of Two. So with that premise, you are getting essentially a full one commander force with the box set. If you also get or can find or hopefully weird actually produces and has for sale at the same time uh, Samantha Thrace and Ben Young 
and you'll have a single commander uh, force complete for the for the script that uh, Sony Crid is bringing and the script that Kirai brings to the table uh, without having to buy anything else. You'll have a one commander force and from experience I can tell you that box set will play just fine into any of the other box set experiences that you have for uh, the other side in terms of the allegiance boxes. So the syndicate will provide you that single commander. There is not currently a second commander uh, that is known about or have been or discussed for a guild or court of two. So you would not be able to play them solely as a regular faction. So they're sort of a, a half faction. You can bring them, you can bring the units in uh, without taking up a commander slot, or you can bring in uh, Sonia Crid or Kirai. Their downside is that they are going to provide less script than any of the other masters in the game or the other commanders in the game. And the reason for that is they're 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 sort of balanced around their um, leveled up abilities uh, in terms of commander presence. For Kirai, uh, it is because she is going to very easily, through her mechanics, be summoning you back, um, and just be summoning you in an additional unit at minimum uh, within the game, probably within the first turn or two, that is going to equal the soulstone or equal the script that you would have had uh, if you'd gone with another commander. So it's she essentially balances herself out that way, and then she's no slouch with bringing um, a Kirio with her, uh, who is an absolute monster in combat, um, and she has some very tricky things that she does. Then uh, Yang can utilize all of her abilities with his Spirit Lantern because uh, it doesn't say non-commander; it just says Court of Two, uh, and she is most definitely a Court of Two. So it it really creates some some interesting uh, ability on that side of the box set, and she fits in very well uh, in certain armies. the The army that comes to the, to most mind is the Gibbering Horde. And this is because of the Envoy ability of the Court of Two. Essentially, they get a reinforcement token every time a non-Court of Two fire team is killed. Uh, the Court of Two unit gets a, gets a reinforcement token. So things like Survival of the Fittest, where you're killing a fire team to glory your guys, those are non-Court of Two fire teams that you're now self-fueling uh, the Court of Two with. And then, of course, anything you kill on the opponent's side, unless you're facing uh, sort of a mirror or, uh, or a cult of the Burning Man and they've brought Court of Two in, well... You're, you're going to be getting, in most instances, uh, reinforcement tokens for killing the enemy, and you're going to be getting reinforcement tokens just for playing and glorying 
your gibbering hordes army so that is some very exciting synergy that's simply present within the box set for sonia her offensive capability is a little more uh, advanced compared to some of the other commanders that are fieldable that is where the the trade-off and the balance comes in with her I'm not entirely sold on her as a second commander all of the time, but part of that is I play Abyssinia. And Abyssinian commanders I tend to value very highly uh, versus my regular opponent prior to COVID uh, was very much a King's Empire player. And he did enjoy bringing Sonya in, Um the few times that we were able to do it since the rules have been been brought out uh, and really got some value out of her in King's Empire. For Abyssinia, there was definitely value to be had. It was not the type of value that I liked because I like playing with Abyssinian units. I like playing with the Lord of Steel and I like playing with Prince Unafi. So, for me, it was less um, something I wanted to do. That said, if I was just starting out, the two-player starter set really gives me a tremendous entry point into the game. And then I can pick any Allegiance box that I want, and half of that starter will connect with it immediately. And I will have the ability to play fresh out of the box, uh, I fresh out of both boxes, essentially a pure two-commander game uh, without need to purchase anything else. So that, to me, is, is very exciting uh, from that standpoint. Not that you wouldn't want to purchase anything else, but you can kind of think of it as I can split a box set with my buddy. We can both then get an allegiance box on either side of the house. You know, one of us goes Earthside, one of us goes Malifaux side, and all of a sudden we have really strong uh, two-player experience out of the box. So let's go over again uh, for the guild. The guild align with the Earthside factions, so they can envoy in to any Earthside faction. So the, again, the Earthside factions are the King's Empire and the Abyssinia. The army, Empire of Abyssinia. For the Malifaux side, you have the Gibbering Hordes, and you have the Cult of the Burning Man, and they align with the other half of the two-player starter box, which is the Court of Two. So the Court of Two can envoy in to a Cult of the Burning Man force or a Gibbering Hordes force. You just can't have multiple envoys. Um, so if you are rocking one of those dual commanders and you've elected to take their envoy, you can't bring in um, some Court of Two stuff or some Guild stuff. Just to sort of simplify from a balancing perspective as, as well as simplify from an army construction standpoint. All right, so... All of that said, I think the two-player starter box for the other side is a tremendous value. Uh, you're getting essentially a one-commander force for two sides. So you and a friend are going to be able to play right out of the box. Uh, you're just going to need to put those models onto their bases. Uh, 
And that's all you got to do. You just you then from that point forward, you can just roll forward, play, get a feel for the game, see if you like it. You'll also have uh, the rules for Malifaux Third Edition. Uh, you'll have rules for those cards in Malifaux Third. Or rule of, you'll have cards for those models in Malifaux Third Edition, and you can utilize that as your first play experience uh, for M3E as well. So really a lot of value in that box uh, when you look at it from that standpoint. So let's talk about Allegiance boxes. Allegiance boxes, again, are one of the best values I've ever seen in a starting product um, and really reminds me of the old days of best way to play for uh, a game. So different different companies have different starting product philosophy. Uh, the starting product philosophy for the other side was we're going to get you in one box everything you need to start playing this faction. The units that we give you are going to be something that you will utilize in a variety of builds. The boxes are balanced out of the box in fights against each other. And they really show off the look and feel and flavor of the armies that you are representing here. So without further ado, let's talk about contents of the starters. So I will start with the Cult of the Burning Man starter. Uh, you get the commander Adiadaptos. Uh, very, very strong commander. He utilizes the warp portals incredibly well uh, for the Cult of the Burning Man. Emphasizes speed, has a, a resurrection ability on him that is really second to none. Uh, you get a lot of good card manipulation with the stratagems that are specific to the Cult of the Burning Man. And you get two units of the Warped. Uh, an absolutely phenomenal unit that is melee heavy, emphasizes movement tricks, holds up well in combat, and really rewards the hit-and-run playstyle that Cult of the Burning Man is really trying to cultivate. And then you have the portals that also come in the set for the cult you get the stalking portals uh, you get a unit of those you get two units of the warped which are an absolutely phenomenal unit, again, as, as we've talked about, with the Arcane Shielding, um, the Strength 4 base, Armor 7, and then Echoes of Existence, which allows for high-intensity movement shenanigans. So you really get all of the flavor that the cult is going for within the box set. And the box set pairs very nicely with the two-player starter, with the Court of Two, because you have Kirai, who is going to be able to play a... provide them with 
cheap attritional units that she can keep bringing to the table to offset the glass cannon nature of the Cult of Two's box set. So she really provides um, some attritional backup. She provides some high-powered scheming in the form of the Gwensen so that they can go deep on the opponent and start to pressure the objectives for the game. And you can really then utilize and concentrate the killing power on the Cult of the Burning Man box box set or Legion's box set. So that really gives you a sort of a great starting point for your armies as a whole. And then you can grow your collection from there. Uh, the Warped, again, you get two units of them. They're un you're going to use quite a bit. They're very well statted, very well costed. Uh, they're a mainline infantry unit in an infantry-based army. You've got the stalking portals, the stalking portals. Um, some people swear by them. I am a fan of them in, in most lists for Cult of the Burning Man. Primarily because they open up so many different oddities for movement angles. And because they themselves act as an additional portal for you on the table to start moving your army around. So you can really create some odd angles, odd angles of attack, odd angles of defense, um, some strong hit and run ability just by placing your units and then having these stalking portals do fun and interesting things to trigger things that happen when your unit touches a portal because if that unit comes up and touches you you're now touching a portal so it lets you do sort of that um, odd calculus that bizarre sideline thinking that can really uh, make for some strong uh, interactions for yourself so one of the other things that you have with the Court of Two is that you can take them with the Gibbering Hordes box set. And the Gibbering Hordes box set is absolutely phenomenal. Um, it is a core of two units of Striped Skulkers. You get Storm Siren, who is one of the best commanders in the game. Definitely one of the strongest commanders period, uh, in the game, and definitely one of the strongest commanders in one commander play because of her interaction with the tide pools that go down for Jibbering Hortz, which come in the box set, by the way, which is really awesome, and you get enough to place uh, her three base and very easy then to create some additional ones. But she gives you... In, again, within the within the box set, um, access to hazardous damage. She turns the tide pools into hazardous damage area, and then she has the ability that pulls people into those tide pools and pulls people through those tide pools. And you can really decimate an opponent's army because of how hazardous is as a rule within the game. Very strong mechanic. She's very strong because of that. 
On top of all this, the striped skulkers have very strong interaction with tide pools because they get bonus flips when they are touching terrain. Any type of terrain on the board, any terrain fixture that you declare as terrain, they get bonus flips from on both attack and defense. It's a very, very strong ability, especially with the way that the rules are within the game. And we've sort of talked about those before in other episodes. You can go ahead and go back to listen to that. But essentially, uh, they get an additional flip, which is like having a tactics token just by being in terrain that you're automatically flipping and using incredibly strong uh, within the game. Stripes Cockers are really good and they're super cheap. They're super cheap for what they do. They're only seven. They're only seven cost seven. I use one to two units in every Chivering Hordes list. So again, the starters are great value. Storm Siren is in a ton of my lists uh, almost all the time. And you get the Karkanoi. And the Karkanoi are utterly amazing. You get to have a very strong unit that gets better as you add more tokens to it from a reinforcement standpoint. And they produce spawning eggs. They have an action where any of them can produce a spawning egg. And the box set comes with proxy, fully legal, official, cardboard proxy, um, egg clutches just gives them to you in the box so that you can fully utilize the unit. And this is something Weird does in all of the other side merchandise that they have created to date. If there is something that is summonable, there's typically a paper token in there, cardboard token, for that summonable item. So that you don't have to just go and get a box of the plastic to be fulfilled in it and, and to utilize it. So... With that, it really makes it uh, quite easy for you to play very fully with just making that singular purchase. And then as you see how great and fun the game is for you, uh, if you find it that way, as, as I did, you'll go ahead and probably purchase the actual plastic because the plastic is awesome. You know, the sculpt itself is phenomenal. So... That's the Gibbering Horde, and that is sort of the overview of how the Court of Two fits in with the two Allegiance boxes for the Malifaux side. Now, on the other side, you've got the Guild. Uh, so you've got your Sony Cred, and she can team up with the King's Empire and the, uh, the Empire of Abyssinia. And the Abyssinian box is one of the most entertaining boxes in the game. Uh, it is a box that I still go back to. Uh, it is a box set that I play quite a bit. I've played against multiple builds in single commander games, just straight up. And it works utterly well and shows you exactly what... Um, Abyssinia is about. And you get Prince Unathi, who is a tremendously fun and interesting commander. He works exceedingly well with the Mahal Safari. You get two units of those. Those are 
a very expensive unit within uh, the context of the Abyssinian Empire. They are a defensive jack-of-all-trades unit that really is our best melee unit. Uh, it comes with base strength 4 on its melee weapons. It comes with a ranged attack that can generate a tactics token and move your commander on a mask. Uh, so there's some fun little play, particularly in a single box game or single commander game, that you can get quite a strong draw and leg up over your opponent just by utilizing these base mechanics on these infantry. Even though there are better infantry available to Abyssinia, there are not they are not as survivable as the Mahals are sort of base and definitely not as universally good with Prince Unathi. Uh, who I tend to favor as one of my commanders. So there are arguments definitely that the Abyssinian box plays really well if you just take that box. If you start adding different things to it, um, it's going to play radically differently, uh, as all of the boxes do. But sort of the core infantry of the Mahal Safari you're going to probably take zero to one of them in your games going forward. I tend to be a one most of the time for the Mahals, and it's because of how they interact specifically with Unathi. And they, what they really do is they keep up with him, uh, and they sort of provide a good body block, and I don't feel bad about having them late game as a late game hammer. Um, as my opponent has taken out my more advanced units um, that may be overall better, quote-unquote, better squads, but don't hit as hard in the late game um, because they've been ignored as you've had to take on all of these other things. So I, I like it as a closeout piece. For those that are familiar with War Machine, it's the sort of the old idea in Mark II where you'd have that one cheap heavy um, which is sort of that base melee weapon that uh, you kept back for the end of the game so that you could close it out. It's sort of a closeout piece um, or a gap filler. And I found that the Mahals work very well for me in that role. They they play that very well for sort of the style of, of game that I play in 2 Commander. But again, in, in just the Allegiance box, I think they are absolutely fantastic as a, an Allegiance box unit. Um, and then you also get the Crow Runners, and the Crow Runners are, are a super interesting unit uh, that provides some some much needed mobility to Abyssinia, and plays exceedingly well with the prototypes. So that gives you sort of an overview of each of the Allegiance box sets as a starting point within your faction, uh, how it fits in with the two-player starter that's coming out. I'm going to make a series of, uh, again, I did this a while ago, a couple years ago now, uh, but I want to refresh them for a, a full discussion on starter boxes or the allegiance boxes and sort of as the starting point for your army, um, tactical schemes within them, uh, strategic play, 
and sort of how the faction allegiance box trains you to be the best at the faction. I sort of alluded to a lot of that in this, but I want to go up, take a deeper dive with that in future episodes for each of the allegiance boxes, uh, specifically to how the allegiance box itself uh, plays as an update. And I'm determining whether I'm going to do that in uh, video form, which I think I might do. I've got some uh, new recording equipment, and I want to try and test that out. So we'll see how uh, the semester allows me to do that. Uh, but in the interim, uh, but if you have a tactics token, you can make a coordinated strike. Entrepreneur, born in 1964, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Basil.